Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. Ban the driving mall. It's a scourge on our game. Yes, absolutely. We'll be talking about that today amongst a host of other things. Um, hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best player for predictions and opinion. Um, and joining me um, this evening to go over all of that stuff is uh, Osrin. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. But this is like, just to be clear, we don't want to ban the show. No, well, no. This, this, this is a hash rugby chat show, obviously. Um, but I have a new toy, so I'm going to have to use it. So welcome, Oswin. Say something. Oh, something! <laughs> Great to be here, and I uh, look forward to talk, discussing our topics that we have lined up. Edits, and we're going to have a uh, party. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I've got some new sound effects on the software that I use. Um, I will try not to... Uh, use it too much but hey it's all fun and games so um well, somebody gets poked in the eye with a stick you're not gonna get poked in the eye with a stick by me pressing <laughs> so there you go um <laughs> so kicking off in the news um who is warren gatland actually coaching at the moment <laughs> well um, oh, it's probably what looks like it's about 80%, 90% Chiefs, and then a bit of 10% of the old Lions coming in. You'd have to say, <laughs> he does yeah, maybe to... something like that. Maybe, maybe he seems to, seems to put out sort of one sort of quotable thing a week about the Lions, doesn't it? About the British and Irish Lions, doesn't he, for next year? Um, which is kind of interesting. Now, first off, there was all this, there was this thing like, oh, there's going to be a warm up game in the UK before they leave to um, South Africa, which makes a, um, a lot of sense. Uh, and it won't, by the way, it won't be at Twickenham because uh, Twickenham is, will be hosting the um, Gallagher Premiership final um, that day, so or that weekend. So uh, it won't be there. Um, but even so, uh, it'll either be in, in sort of Cardiff, Edinburgh, or London somewhere. It would be silly to have it in London. I mean, hell, you've got the Gallagher Premiership on the same day. At least host it somewhere else. Um, but anyway... Um, Hey, money will talk. Let's be honest. But um, well, it's, just, it's interesting you say that because it's just like I remember back in the day. Is it's like when I think it was around the time of the '78 Grand Slam tour for the All Blacks and the like, and um, when they used to play like a bit. I don't know how many games they played on tour, but they used they played England. So it can't have been the Grand Slam tour. It must have been another tour. They played England twice. So these days they only play one test against England if they go over there, right? They actually played two tests. And one was at Twickenham, and one was somewhere else. I don't know where it was. I can't remember where it was. But it wasn't at Twickenham, obviously. They didn't play two test matches against the All Blacks at Twickenham. So, um, yeah, there used to be... Uh, and, I've, and I think maybe a few years ago, they might have played them at Wembley because um, the revamp of Twickenham was happening. No, England has never had... No, they've not... England have never, have never played at Wembley um, for, for test matches. Wales went and played at Wembley when they were re rebuilding maybe the new stadium. Uh, uh, England have taken games up to Old Trafford and up to um, oh, St James's Park, so in Manchester and Newcastle previously, but it's very rare. Um, let's let's be honest. So yeah, um, it's very interesting. But anyway, what was more interesting was actually was the teams they might be playing. Um, so the uh, potentially Mario All Blacks, um, the uh, Barbarians, or Japan. I mean, that's uh, a decent um, decent lineup. Which ones do you, you would you be think of a good idea? Well, what about the fourth test to settle the, 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 the drawn series? The four, oh, against New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they will not be ready to play think, the All Blacks I, by that I, stage. I think the um, Mary All Blacks appeals um, because obviously, you know, they don't get the run, run outs that um, we'd like to see them get. Um, and and th I think that would be, you know, a great, great, um, game for them to to run them out for. Um, you, you, there hasn't been a really strong Maori All Blacks team since uh, the, the the last time there was an absolutely 100% full strength Maori All Blacks team that I can remember was when the Maori All Blacks played Australia in Australia, and you had the likes of Ron Cribbs, Troy Flavel, I think Carlos Spencer, Tony Brown. So this is a long time ago, um, but. I, but it was a full strength, basically, you could say, um, Maori All Blacks team. To th if you could, if we could actually get all of the Maori eligible Maori All Black players available 
and send them off to play against the Lions, I think that'd be an awesome game to watch. Well, the other year when um, New Zealand played Ireland, I think it was, the Mary All Blacks played uh, the USA uh, in some sort of, some sort of double header or, or rugby weekend. Um, then I think players like Damon McKenzie and somebody else who were on the main All Blacks tour played for the Mary All Blacks that weekend. So, um, so yeah, so kind of interesting to see yeah it, what, what, what will happen. I think the one team they shouldn't play is the Barbarians. I'm happy with them playing the Mary All Blacks or Japan, but don't play the Barbarians. I travelled up to Hong Kong um, 10 years ago now. My God. Um, Was it? Yeah, because they stopped off in Hong Kong on the way to Australia. Oh, right. Yep. Um, and because uh, at the time they were sponsored by HSBC, the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. <laughs> um, so the um, bank corporation, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they played the Barbarians in Hong Kong. So a whole bunch of us flew up there from Singapore for that game. And it is one of the worst games I've ever watched. Uh, the Lion, the, sorry, the Barbarians were an absolute mess. Um, yep. they, they were just a rabble. Uh, and it was just too one-sided. And it was, um, yeah, it wasn't really... So, a, sorry? But from what you're saying there is obviously players weren't really released or approached to make it a decent Barbarian squad. I mean, like you, you sort of see, what was that... Did the Barbarians, who did they play after the World Cup? There was a Barbarians game after the World Cup. And uh, um, there played, was a very... So the Barbarians played Wales because uh, Gatland then got to coach um, the, the Barbarians against Wales in the Millennium Stadium as his sort of goodbye game, and Nigel Owens was refereeing the game. Yep. Right, right. Yep. yep. And that was a um, fairly strong team and a good team and went well. So, I mean, like, you know, when they've had the Barbarian squads up in the UK, usually at the end of the, um, what do you guys call it, the Autumn Tours or sort of Autumn Internationals at that end of the um, world? And um, they've been generally been pretty strong Barbarian squads or teams, haven't they? Yeah, and basically because New Zealand, Australia refused to pick um, overseas-based players. And so, hence, you get all your players like Charles Piertel, etc., who yeah. who who were, who were happy to, to play for play for Barbarians. Um, also, you'll get players um, who don't get selected for the main um, the main one. Um, Simon suggested Brazil or Fiji for that game. Um, uh, look, I, I, I think the Mario Blanks or Japan would be a good would be a good game. Uh, to be fair to the Barbarians, they have got a lot more serious than they were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, they were trying to figure out the balance between being amateur and going for beers uh, and actually being competitive. And, and, they, and they went too far the other way and they have got better uh, and had better performances since then so maybe it would be okay but my memory of that game in Hong Kong was just absolutely appalling great weekend party in Hong Kong don't get me wrong Hong Kong's always a great weekend for partying so as soon as the coronavirus is over folks get in there for that Hong Kong 7th it will be a blast um, but as yeah but as as, 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 yeah, as far as um, playing them I, I, yeah, I don't think that would be a good um, a good choice Trip to Japan? Well, no, no, it'll be in it'll be in it'll be in the UK. So Japan would have to travel over to the UK. There's no way okay. that the the line's going to fly all the way to Japan and then all the way to South Africa. It, that would just be crazy. Um, so yes. Yep. How many games are there before the first test? Less than the now. Um, not many, if any. Not well. There are. There's. They're not playing. Yep. So they're play, the, the 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 one place that's missing out. Um, of any games is the Cheetahs uh, in Bloemfontein. Um, everywhere else, I think, is is is, is getting. So I think there. So in New Zealand, what there was, um, yeah, the five Super Rugby franchises, the Mary All Blacks, and the Provincial um, 15. So you had seven games that weren't Test games. I think that's been cut down to five from memory, um, but I'd have to go away and look. So um, the. Um, the barbarians played Fiji and Brazil last year. Oh yeah, the, the, the barbarians have had sorry have had some have had some good, much much better performances recently, um, as I say, and they've taken it much more seriously, which is um, which is good. Um, so, so yes, um, Joshua's asking around uh, Gatland's commitments with the Chiefs and how that's going to work. Um, essentially, he's taking next year off and won't be with won't be the Chiefs at all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's. Uh, did they actually advertise? I think they've actually advertised for a head coach, haven't they, to replace him? 
No, I, I, I don't know. I, I cannot answer that one. I'm blank. I, I would honestly have assumed that um, they would basically, like like when um, Gatlin came over with the Lions to New Zealand and uh, for Wales, um, was it who took over? Oh, I want to say Howley. <laughs> um, he did Howley for a bit, but then he joined the Lions, um, and it was Willie John McBride. That, that, yeah, so that basically there was a, a one year there was a, a, a coach for a while. So it was just the, the assistant coaches stepped up, my I thought. but um, And that's what I thought, yeah, will be the same thing because Tabai Matson's there, if I remember rightly. Um, so they've got, a, they've got good backup staff in terms of um, coaches. So I can imagine, depending on how this year goes in particular, if it goes well, um, he has confidence in that um, the coaching setup, then one of them will just step up. Would make sense. Um, it would make sense. Um, the and Tobias Matson was the one I was thinking of. Then you, when when I is who I thought would do it. Then you look at some um, how they sit together in the coach's box, uh, and you have Tobias Matson off to one side. You have um, I'm trying to remember the names. Which one? Just trying to bring up the um, the coaching squad. The web page. Yep. Um, to bring up the squad, and I've got too many windows over everything, so I can't see what I'm trying to do. Um. The uh, and then you've got um, oh, anyway, let me bring up the coaches then because I'm one click away, so I, I, I can stop filling now. So, you've got some um, to buy mats. And so, when, so when they're listed on the website, also, they're, they're, they're not in the audio you expect. Um, so to buy mats and Roger Randall on the other side, and then Wayne and then um, Neil Barnes sits in between them. Uh, and if you look at the order that they listed on the website it goes warren gatland neil barnes by matson roger randall david hill so um nick white the nick white <laughs> um and then um, yeah and then nick white as well at last look nick white will not be head coach for the <laughs> <laughs> because i shall ah, that's but fear well yeah but whitey just doesn't hate hates being put in front of a camera there is no way that Whitey wants to be a head coach. I'm pretty sure yep. he just doesn't want the media duties. Yeah, being being head coach for uh, Auckland didn't go too well for him either. Um, so uh, the oh, I don't remember doing that, but um, trying to get. I mean, look, I, 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 I went to what, every single Waikato home game and a few, quite a few away ones, plus a whole bunch of midweek um, training sessions, <laughs> um, media days as well. Both the only guy turning up, and Nick White was would never wanted to get in front of the camera um so it was always straws or andrew strawbridge um and roger randall who were the two that i got to talk to so yeah no, i can't see that being ever something that nick white wants to do but um looking at the list and the order that they're here the way they sit in the in the coach's box um it looked like looks like neil barnes is the senior um assistant coach well it can't be roger randall so i don't know if he'd be allowed he's still allowed in south africa or not Yes, he's still in South Africa, so stop it. <laughs> Dearing me, we're not going back. Um, so, That's winding back the clock. <laughs> that is winding back the clock, yes. Um, now, look, I, I, I know you're saying Neil Barnes, but to my mind, I think they'll keep Neil Barnes um, in, that, in that sort of secondary role, and they'll put Tabai Matson up to the top. Because um, you've got Neil Barnes there as a mentor, sort of almost um, with... Um, helping out Tabai as a head coach and, and, and sort of giving him that leadership and guidance and growing a leadership group as well. Because, you know, when Warren Gatlin becomes your Blacks coach, um, you'll have to step up. You know, you see what I mean? So I can see them. Um, I think Tabai's, I mean, it's Neil Barnes or Tabai Matson. That's that's the options. Yes. And I'm sort of thinking they'd do that with a Tabai Matson with the support of Neil Barnes there to, to help him grow and to be comfortable in that role. Um. So yes, yeah, so I, 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 I to, to my Matson's who I thought it was going to be. I say I'm, I'm having second thoughts now, around that, just around that. Maybe it's maybe it would be Neil, uh, but yeah, to my Matson's who I would have wanted, who, who I yeah naturally thought um, would be in certain, um, would would be it. Um, the um, Josh is having a chat in the live chat about the most successful um, uh, British Knights Lions coaches, uh, and yes, Ian e, e, e McGeekin clearly is associated with that, but. Um, when you think that Gats has won in Australia, drawn here, uh, if if, um, if he gets another win, that would um, yeah definitely cement Gats as being as as probably as, as the best uh, um, 
Lions coach. Uh, Lions coach, having he? never lost a tour. Geach has, has, has lost a tour or two. Because, I mean, I know, yes, South Africa's obviously world champions, um, but will they get their European players back for the Lions tour? Because if they don't, then they're not going to be as strong as the World Cup squad or the World Cup team. Well, the same and the Lions are really going to be strong. It's going to be interesting to see how um, to see, see what happens with with the Springboks this year. Okay, uh, I mean a lot of players have gone overseas, Martin Marks in Japan, etc. Um, so will um, RG Steinman's over there having fun, um, basically walking around twice the size as anybody else, um, which uh, it's just not fair. Um, the you got to you've got to remember that the the, the the players they're playing against are not up to Super Rugby standard. So yeah, it's it's really uh, he's he's. He's, he's breaking people up there and putting them in hospital, I, I imagine. Um, so the one of the things that Razzie said at the end of last, towards the, well, before the World Cup, was that look, next year they are going to be selecting players from overseas. Um, now, historically, um, what they've done is that uh, we've seen them, and I want Argentina do the same sort of thing, where they'll select European players for either the Rugby Championship or the November Tours. He said, look, that's not going to happen anymore. They are going to be selecting players from overseas and using them as much as they're allowed to. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see how South African selection policy changes. Uh, but he has said, yeah, he is that South African players from around the world are available and they won't be making special deals with overseas clubs. Evening, everyone who's joining the chat. Good to see you um, joining us late. We've been talking about the uh, British and Irish Lions. Don't forget, eight o'clock every Wednesday. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell. Don't miss the show. He's, he's saying you're late. <laughs> slap on the wrist boys um, <laughs> um, Chris was saying has anyone followed, um, been following the attendances in the top league yeah it looks like the t- attendances have improved um, there have been a bit some strange uh, scheduling um, suggestions um, Japan is, is about to try and um, look at uh, setting up some a, 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 a different professional league it's all a bit of a mess uh, in Japan at the moment, if their administrators were half as good um, as their rugby players, they would be a force to um, uh, to to, to uh, yeah 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 a force to to deal with. Um, the we normally at this point have a quick chat about the world rugby rankings, but they've not changed since last time. Um, so Mickey Mouse moments of the weekend, and boy, the Saracens players do not help themselves at all. What's Marco done? Marco Vinopola's come out and gone, I have no regrets at all. If I had the choice choice to do it again, I'd do it again knowing what has happened. And he's talking there about his financial um, dealings with Nigel Ray. So even though he knows it broke the rules, even though he knows it would mean the club would be um, <laughs> would get relegated and docked all his points and find find five million whatever it was pounds. Um, he'd still do it because hey, you know what? We've got to look after our futures. Is what he's is basically uh, what he's saying. It's like, mate, look, you, you you're not helping yourself. No. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Or you know. No. <laughs> no. Look, I mean, but it's this is what players do, isn't it? They just keep towing the party line. I mean, like, just no, no, on the sports is, news tonight. He, he said, "Look, any opportunity um, that uh, any opportunity that can help or sort a little bit of our future after rugby, we're more than willing to look into." Um, that was our thinking when we first invested with Nigel, and it's not changed. Well, I, I get that, but it's just invest it legally. Don't break the laws of the game. Simple. Um, so yes, it, uh, yeah, it, mate, you, you're a real Mickey Mouse for for saying things like that. Just say, no, either say nothing, or just say I've got no regrets. At the time, I did what I thought was right. Bygones are bygones, and move on. Um, but uh, yeah, to say I'd do it again, um, it's just Muppet a bit, material. Yeah, Muppet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, this is like, but players keep towing the party line uh, when, because they don't actually know anything better to say, so they say something stupid. It's just like, as I was going to allude to it on the sports news tonight, not, not, not rugby related, but, you know, there's a team, they're going to do, they're going to do something before a match or they're not going to do something before a match. They interview a player and he goes, 
Yeah, yeah. The the team agreed on there. Uh, you know, we, we all came to an agreement as a team, as and that's what we believe in. And it's just like, what is it that you and the team actually believe in? But no, you're just towing the party line. So you go, oh, this is what the team. You know what the team believes in. You might not actually agree with it, but you're just towing the party line. In I mean, fact, I don't think this towing the party line is saying, look, we did what we did. We thought was the right thing. Um, for the wrong reasons. Oh well, the, the, the right. Yeah, we did the right thing. For the, um, but look, just, just, yeah, just say yeah. that, and it, and just, but yeah, say you'll do it all over again was just uh, nuts. Oh. Um, so he may or may not be playing for Saracens next year. Um, Nobody's going to be playing for Saracens next year, are they? <laughs> oh, Jamie George is saying that. Um, and yeah, I, I know they well. have. Yeah. But they'll be playing second division. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's fine. Um, yeah. yeah, Jordan, I agree. That's very selfish of Mako to say. Absolutely, it's dumb. Um, the um, so the I must say I'm not really chat follow, uh, Simon. I'm not really following sevens. I'm, I'm not going to be touching on on sevens this um, this evening. I'm surprised at Germany's success, but anyway, uh, that's a totally different topic. And rabbit hole. I'm not going to head down. Um, congratulations to um, uh, to uh, um, Tom Curry. Um, Sorry, congratulations to Ben Curry. You get the right one here. Ben Curry for his hundred cap or hundred professional games for sale this weekend. This kid's twenty-one. He's played a hundred professional games. When did he start playing? The well, clearly like three seasons. Um, that is that is absolutely nuts. nuts. Um, so yeah, player welfare, folks. Um, it does. I guess yeah, look, with Tom being an international, hey, uh, puts a bit more more pressure on uh, on Ben uh, to play games because Tom's away with England. But seriously, wow! Um, hundred... That's more than thirty games a season. Wow! And uh, somebody I, quick, Austin, a, a, a medal of distinction for his uh, his mathematics. Because I'm Asian. <laughs> no, because you can divide by three. Um, the, <laughs> yes, it's quite right. It's more than thirty games, games a season. Yes, it is playing a lot of rugby. Um, the yeah, all this player welfare stuff. I think thirty-six is the from memory is the maximum number of games that they're allowed to play uh, in the Guinness Premiership, which is just a lot of rugby. Um, players like Richard McCaw are averaging closer to twenty a season. Gone. How, how many games? How many games a season is there? Like in the European, like obviously you got the Premiership, you got Heineken. How many games are there? So, the so so the the, the Premiership um, is twenty two rounds, um, plus two rounds of playoffs. Now that that doesn't really affect sale normally, to be honest. Um, the European competitions is six rounds, plus again uh, three rounds of playoffs that sale don't normally get that involved in. So, um, so first team games there are 28 games a season. Then um, you've also got um, the uh, the A-League. You've, you've also got the, um, well, what used to be the Anglo-Welsh Cup, which is another A-League, which is a further six games plus two playoffs as well. Um, so, yes, it's a, uh, there, 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 are, there are a lot of games they can play in. Jeez. Um, but there's, and, and sorry, just to digress a bit more, so how big are the squads that they generally keep then? They're keeping more than like 28-player squads then, or 30-player squads. They've got to be a bit more than that. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of the A-League um, games are, or, or sorry, what's called the Premiership Cup now, uh, Premiership Cup games, are um, a, lot, a lot of those players will be academy players normally playing in those games, to be honest, to be fair. So um, it's more that 28, again, plus five rounds of playoffs. So they're looking at really a 33-game season, Plus a few filler games, um, plus another what, another eight games on top of that. So, so, so he's, he's got an, he's probably got a couple of seasons left on him before he's all washed up. Then, <laughs> well, yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, take a few games off, mate. You've done a hundred. I think you deserve deserve a rest. Go have a go have a season in Japan with RG. <laughs> um, so yeah, clearly player welfare really is is high up the list, um, and uh, why the um, players rugby association threw the toys out the pram when they, there was a suggestion of, of South Africa joining the Six Nations, except it wouldn't affect these kind of guys because these guys are playing are not playing international rugby at the moment. The only players mm. that seem to get looked after are the internationals. If you're not the playing international player. rugby, well then let's get that whip out and drive your um, 
play, 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 basically. Yeah. Um, if you've got the Super Rugby, the Gallagher Premiership, the Pro 14, the Top 14, the Top League in Japan, Major League Rugby going on, the Six Nations talk and chat as well, how do you get, how, how do you break through all that noise to get some coverage? You come on driving more. You play Cheslin Colby at 10. <laughs> you take a lot of a player who, every who, who by a lot of people is perhaps the best. Uh, well, no, yeah, the best fullback in the world. One of the best wingers the moment, in the absolutely. world. Absolutely, you'd, you'd be fair to say that. One, um, yeah. one of the most talented players in the world, and you decide to play him in a totally different position than he's ever played before. Um, and uh, and and yes, that's so. That's what Toulouse did. They put Cheslin Colby at ten. Um, presumably because their 10 and their 12 are away with France um, currently. Um, it was kind of like, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> our 10 and our backup 10 are both playing for France. What are we going to do? Um, oh, well, Cheslin, I hear you're pretty good have at this go. rugby game. Why don't you have a go? <laughs> you played this game rugby thing? Have you done this rugby? <laughs> Can you play 10 for us? <laughs> no, look, I mean, when I saw this and, and you look at the type of player he is, Although he wouldn't have had a lot of game time, and that's going to be the biggest issue, is he didn't lack a game time in that position. I have no issues, and I don't see why I should be confident, but he'll be amply confident in being able to play in that 10 position. I think he's 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 just got fantastic skills that would just suit that position anyway. Um, so well, my, I think, my point apart is from the lack of game time... There's something like 30-odd games at the weekend to watch. And as yep. someone said... I watched that game, he says. <laughs> and it was actually a decent game yeah. to watch. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, it, it, fantastic yep. marketing ploy. There were a lot of people who were like, I'm going to watch that game. <laughs> because, boy, imagine what this could be like. Um, unfortunately, he it lost. had to work out. Racing 92 won. Oh. But, I mean, right. Colby was making his he was making his touchline conversions. And he was he had a good game. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But um, So, I guess, yeah, well, put that out there. Um, for folks in the live chat, who would you like to see play at ten? Do you think that would uh, that would break through the noise and would make you watch a game just to see what it'd be like to see that player playing ten? Um, and we'll come back to that in about ten minutes. I was so going to say, like, to, to, to my mind, Chisholm Colby sort of like in that same mould as a Damien McKenzie. Um, yeah, but he's you done, know, we've seen him do it already. We know what's going to happen there. Yeah, we know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. If you play uh, McKenzie at ten, don't pass yep. the ball to him throw it behind him so he has to turn around pick it up and play on the fly he plays much better that way than actually having to catch the ball yep yeah absolutely and um and this is the sort of thinking is it's like you know the the fact that they could chuck him in there marketing ploy get him in there get people eyeballs on him seeing how he goes but also down the track works great for them because if they can give him more time to get some more experience at 10 then that Damien McKenzie type factor, how they utilise him, comes in where he plays 15. But no, the play's just broken up. Now, when the play's broken up, you want to chisel in Colby at 10 getting the ball. Well, this is also fantastic for the Springboks, let's be honest. Look, what they did during the um, yeah. Rugby World Cup is they had Willie LaRue um, at 15, and he played not as a equal second playmaker, but he did definitely play as a second playmaker. Seeing Cheslin Colby, as you say, get that experience at 10, He'll be able to do the same sort of thing for them, uh, for, for, for the Springboks. Now, what I want to see, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my own one. I want to see RG Stamen have that, that go for the crash ball 10. Um, <laughs> I think it would work in Japan. Don't bother oh, you, you just you want to see RG Stamen at 10 because you're just a pot. You're <laughs> English and you're used to seeing 10 man rugby. And that would be perfect 10 man rugby. Yeah, but I, no, look, if you look, if you look at like someone like Rob Andrew, he never crashed the ball up. He just kicked it, right? So that's not him. That's not that's not an RG. That's, um, yeah, crash ball ten, absolutely. Um, Lau Mappy, come on, come on, um, hi, come on, um, Hurricanes. You've not got a decent ten. Put Lau Mappy in at ten. Let's see how he goes. Uh, there, there's 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 another one. Crash oh, that's ball ten. Oh, that's the harsh on the Canes after they won on the weekend. Sorry. That's the harsh on the Canes when they won on the weekend. What they beat the Sharks, didn't they? Well, yes, true. Yes, they did. <laughs> Talking of Super Rugby, though, Australia, <laughs> zero and six. 
they've not beaten an overseas team. Even the Sunwolves um, beat the Rebels in the opening round. Um, and yes, yeah, so Australia now have played six, uh, or the Australian franchise, so the Rebels, the Reds, the Crusaders, um, uh, sorry, the Crusaders, the Brumbies uh, and the Waratahs um, have played six, six teams overseas, uh, six overseas teams, and have lost every single one. This weekend, the Rebels get to play the Sharks, so that they'll try and rectify that, followed by the Reds playing the Sunwolves, um, and then finally the Brumbies host... I've gone blank. Who are they hosting? Oh, Brumbies, oh, no, the Brum Brumbies. Oh, they're away to... Sorry, away to, away to the Crusaders? Away to the Chiefs. Or hosting the Chiefs. Uh, Brumbies. Oh, jeez, what's... Oh, sorry, my computer's throwing us bears as well. Yeah, Brumbies, Chiefs. Brumbies, Chiefs. Away to so. the Chiefs. So, yeah, so you got Reds, yep. so you got Rebels, Rebels, Sharks, Reds, um, Sunwolves, and Brumbies Chiefs as the uh, three um, uh, as the three opportunities this weekend for that uh, um, for for that game. We'll see. Oh, Simon, we'll see. Um, um, uh, Boffelli at ten. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not a bad shot. I think he he he'd uh, he'd handle that quite nicely. Um, yep. Then okay, look, you want to talk about this. Driving malls, are they a bad thing? They are. They're a blight on the game. I, I just sort of... They're, sho they're, they're shocking. They really are. They're really shocking. I mean, I, even even when we're sitting there and, and the Blues can finally get a driving mall together and maybe score, because they, you know, once in a blue moon, they occasionally do get the rolling mall. You're sitting there and going, oh, okay, they scored a driving mall. It's, there's nothing constructive about a driving mall. Um... People are going to say it's part of the game, it's in the rules of the game. Well, you know, there's actually, there's a lot of the driving more that contradicts rugby law. So it's crazy. Um, you know, you, 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 you drive the drive the mall, you set the mall, you drive it over the line. Now, unless the ball is right at the back, which, you know, you, the plan is, but it, not, it isn't always. If the ball is in the middle and they go down to score the try, where they collapse to score the They've just collapsed their driving more, which is illegal. <laughs> you never, you, that's, to be fair, yeah, you, the attacking team never, never gets, gets called for collapsing a mall. Um, and they, in fact, even when they do collapse it, the ref will go, "Oh, you collapsed it yourselves." Well, hang on a second. That's <laughs> then surely that's the attacking team should get the um, should get the penalty. No, doesn't doesn't, yes. doesn't happen. Um, now the reason this came up is because at the weekend. We had the Brumbies scoring a hat trick of uh, of uh, driving more tries, um, and the Haguares went anything you can do, we can do better, and scored four line out more tries or driving more tries. Um, but perhaps the best and maybe the worst um, one was actually the oh it was in Major League Rugby, and I've just gone blank as to which team it was. It was a team playing the Toronto Arrows. Anyway, um, they set up a line-out mall to try and win the game. And their 14-man mall um, got held up over the line. <laughs> oops. <laughs> oops. Oops, oops. Uh, so I, uh, what, I'm, what I'm imagining there is the fact is that, okay, they set the driving mall. Yep. Um, the defence got this is 20 and held them up. The ball's now tied up, and so the backs came in and tried to, and pushed it over. But the ball still tied up in the middle and never got down. Well, no, it, yeah, the, the backs did come in um, and they just never passed the ball backwards. So eventually, it got tied up in the middle. But yes, uh, it should have got to, it should have got passed back a lot earlier. It, 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 it was poor. It was now, poor, look, poor technique. Look, there's elements of the driving more that are even in the middle of the field or whatever. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with. I, I think there's, it's it's effectively obstruction um, that's occurring. Um, it's it's yeah I, I think they need to do something about it do you know to kick 40 from 40 meters out and you know get a good kicker kicks at five out and from 40 meters out then you know you've got a penalty in the corner and you do a driving water it's look it's within the rules of the current game apart from the fact that the referees don't call attacking teams for collapsing um but you know is that what we really want to see is that what the game's about oh it's not the um, I'm not sure. I mean, we, we, we try and say it's a game for all sizes, but let's be honest, it's not anymore, right? There's very, very few small players or small people who can play rugby. It's it's just the big people 
Um, now being sizeless, that you the um, you're saying being sizeless. Now, now it's it's for big people and very big people in the case of locks, but it's still I all your um, uh, all, all, all your props are a six foot three, six foot four, whatever. I mean, they're big. They're, they're, um, they're tall people. Look, so if you're not over well over six foot, forget it. You might as well not play. Um, the I, do we actually by taking out the driving mall, do we remove that role for the fatty um, to 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 do all that grunt push work? Um, so do we do we keep the does does it perhaps keep them involved in the game a bit more rather than just making no, it skinny guys? No, no, the, the fatties aren't really the um, the big factor in a driving mall anyway. I mean, obviously it helps, but at the end of the day, it's all about technique, setting it, um, getting it set properly, and once it's set, you, there's nothing you can do against it. Um, so really, the fact that you've got so th- two fatties in a team aren't going to make a difference to a driving mall. If you didn't have any fatties in the team, if you set it properly, it's done deal and it'll, you'll score from it. I mean, people like Rory Arnold did very well at disrupting a lot of malls swimming through. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not anti them. Um, I just wish, I, I wish teams wouldn't just do that. That they, they, they need go to do something more. Yeah, but the, the thing is that, like, so I, again, I think the problem comes back to the fact is that there's a lot of in-call, incorrect calls that happen around the driving mall time. You know, we, we've just highlighted Rory Arnold swimming through. The number of times you see a player going, well, hang on, he started at the back. The fact that the opposition's screwed the mall to the left or right, that's not his fault. He started at the back, and then he gets pinged for coming up the side. Well, he's come up the side because the, the attacking team has turned the mall. And so, you know, there's little things like that, I think, that um, need to... You know, if they if, if they let, allowed that to happen, then we could see some defence of a mall happening, and you'd probably see less of the the Brumbies and uh, Hagiwaris um, driving mall efforts. The um, <clears throat> so yes, um, the I, well, one suggestion we had in the chat was we yeah, reduce driving mall tries to uh, um, to four points with no conversions. Um, which could make uh, which would, which would make a difference. But you're right. It, it's the w- one of the problems is we're getting referees a bit like at scrum time, just guessing as to what's going mm-hmm. on because we're just too many bodies to see what's happening, um, which is part of the part of the problem. Um, so um, yeah, Jordan Clark, yeah, they get rid of the driving wall. It makes the All Blacks even more harder to beat. Um, the <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, oh, it's actually just a Kiwi thing. Okay, actually now I know what. Now I see why you don't like them. Jeez, <laughs> jeez. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Oh look. I mean, if we want the end of the day, I mean, you know, if it happens once or twice in a game, yeah, that's fine. But you know, when you've got a game, three, three tries, and that's the only way they were ever going to score the Brumbies. I saw. The first half of the Hagiwaris game, so I only saw where the Reds were really playing well, and the uh, and the try on half time by uh, Buffelli, which was okay, sure, uh, but that's another by the side. But you know, it's like they're winning a game, and all they've got is the driving wall. Yeah, I don't know. It's it just seems wrong. Okay, well we'll move on now then. Um, moving right along. Moving right along. So we've had Mark Robertson Robinson. Um, talk about how so how we must immediately get another team into the rugby championship, which generally, which from from what I can tell, means um, sometime in maybe four years, uh, which means immediately, urgently, you must do something. Um, and we've had him and Brett Impey and Steve Chu go. Oh, well, actually, more, more Steve Chu and Brett Impey go. Oh, we've we've tried to do so much for these. Um, the Pacific Islands at World Rugby, but everyone votes against us. It's not our fault. It's all those Six Nations people. Um, so it was interesting to hear Hale to Pole come out um, and uh, and basically say, look, the having players be able to change allegiance would be nice. But at the end of the day, what Pacific Island players want to do is be able to play the rugby in the Pacific area um, and not have to go to Europe. But at the moment, because New Zealand rugby counts them as foreign players, um, they just can't stay in Super Rugby. So just stop counting um, Tom and Samoan and Fiji internationals as foreign players, as far as the New Zealand rugby franchise is concerned. And hey, presto, the world's a better place. 
So, if they do that, yep. How's that help New Zealand rugby? Oh, it's just about me, 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 me. Well, the 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 fact is that they 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 need to. I mean, we've we've seen what's happened to French rugby, where they just had imports for Africa and how that affected their their national team. We know, so we know what's going to happen if the All Blacks have no limits on players um, for franchises at Super Rugby level. Now, it's going to be detrimental to the All Blacks brand. Is that a good thing? If, if you're the chairman of New Zealand Rugby, if you're the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, are you there to make sure that New Zealand Rugby exists and, and prospers, or are you there to look be a, a beneficiary, look after beneficiaries? <laughs> All right. Now, here's the other thing I'm going to say. So, Hale Tapol came out, Tapole came out, and, and this is like, oh, you know, I'm going to give up on world rugby and I'm going to ha- target New Zealand rugby. New Zealand rugby looks after a nation's rugby. World rugby looks after global rugby. Well, Who should you be targeting if you're yes, a South Pacific country? Yes and no, okay. World rugby actually doesn't really exist. World rugby, at the end of the day, is a group of people who vote on something. Um, it's, not re- it's not an entity in the same way that a New Zealand rugby or an RFU or all that is. Um, they, they actually, if just because Brett Gosper says to do something, he can get voted out by all the union heads and they say, no, nah, we're not going to do it. And we've seen it happen um, on a, a number of occasions. So World Rugby. Where, where World Rugby says they want to do something um, and uh, they want to, yeah, want to do, do, um, uh, do, do something else. Um, the... He'd be better off it. It'd be better off targeting Australia and saying, why don't you put more um, South Pacific um, players in your teams? They're the ones that need the strengthening up. They're the ones that are 0 and 6. Well, I get, well okay. So um, when you look at all of the... You're, 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 I, I, I started it. Sorry, folks. And I, I've stopped doing it now. Back in 2015, um, I wrote an article where I looked at where all the overseas players... Um, Oh, sorry, not all those things. Where all the players who were at the Rugby World Cup, um, where they were born, uh, and said, right, okay, so how many overseas players does each team have? Um, and the highest teams were actually, or, or two, two of the teams that were at the higher end were Samoa and, and Tonga. Um, because most of their players were actually were, were Kiwis, were here. So they lived here, came through the New Zealand system, um, and then there's being, being a second generation they could get to get in through the uh, mum, dad, or the grandma, grandma, granddad rule, um, and play for Samoa and Tonga. Now, if you if you if you, if you travel around um, South Auckland when there's a Tonga game on, you'll see they feel Tongan, even though they live in New Zealand and been brought up in New Zealand. They they feel they, they, they so look. It's not that they don't feel part of it. Um, so the um, uh, so 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 look, they they they're here. They live here. I, I can see why. The why why you talk to New Zealand rugby and try and get them to uh, increase the number or do not count the um, Pacifica players towards the overseas category. Now, what I might say is, okay, look, I'll do that, but you're then only allowed two overseas players rather than three because um, Samoan, Tongans, and Fijians don't count um, towards that list because um, then because. This one's the, the the number of foreign players here is fairly slim. We have a couple of players from Japan, one or two from South Africa, and that's pretty much it. Um, so, but if you so if you just uh, that way to me, I think that would have been a um, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not anti having more or or, or not counting um, Pacifica players uh, in, in in that uh, uh, in that thing. I don't think it would chase out. I don't think, because they're clear Kiwis, because they'd expect the same salaries, I don't think you'd have the problem which you get in France, which is where basically they can pay Pacifica people less money than they pay local people to play. Here, I think you couldn't do that in New Zealand because they've been brought up here, they expect the same sort of value, um, they expect the same sort of money. Um, I think John is watching yeah. this show from the start um, <laughs> with his live comments. Um, thank you for joining us, Jono, in the live chat. Um, yeah, I was just going to look. But look, the thing is that these guys keep coming back and looking at New Zealand rugby to be some sort of um, sort of uh, philanthropist organisation that's going to basically save South Pacific rugby. 
New Zealand rugby's not in that position. New Zealand rugby has its own battle to fight. In 30 to 40 years, I can see a time when the All Blacks are going to be in the same boat as the South Pacific Nations, where we just won't be in a position to be able to fight the money from Europe, fight the money from Japan. And they're going to have to do the same thing that South Africa's done, where you have to start picking players from overseas. Mitre 10 Cup is... And this is all NZRFU's fault. They put all the eggs in the All Blacks basket. Mitre 10 Rugby's on life support. Super Rugby's going the same way. One of the, one day, somebody is there's going to be a change of board level that's going to understand this and realise this. And it, it's probably going to be too late. But they're going to have to focus on how they maintain the profile of rugby in this country, in New Zealand. Because at the moment, the profile of rugby in this country is waning and going downhill fast, and the people are asleep at the wheel at the top. And it's just like they're just putting the eggs on the All Blacks basket and is going to come back to bite them in the bum big time. And it's just a case of when, not if, unless they change. And even then, it might be too late. So two... Um Two things. Let's do, the, let's do the one that's happened. Actually, no, I'll do the one first. Um, listen to a interview between the head of digital or, uh, or the head of media. I think it was media or digital, anyway, for, for, for New Zealand rugby. Um, and one of the stats he kept talking about was that 80% of their fans were overseas. It's like, hang on, but those 80% can't buy tickets. Um, now, fine. I get that they need to concentrate on those to a certain extent because that's how they get people like AIG as sponsors okay I, I get that but the amount he concentrated on that showed you that that's where he that's where he was targeting his digital marketing was at that overseas crowd not the crowd in new zealand and as you say looking at the all blacks brand and how can we monetize it not at how do we keep the game healthy in new zealand with, with all due respect that social marketing guy whatever is, is an idiot um <laughs> Simply speaking, because if he doesn't promote the game in this country and they don't get the kids coming through and playing the game, they're not going to have any players to pick to then go and promote to these overseas 80% fans, fan base. It's just like, how dumb can these people be? Is that you can't neglect one area while you think that the well, gold is the other they, area. They, they wouldn't say they, ne- they were neglecting it and, or they would say, look, look it's also the responsibility. Well, they are. Well, okay, I, I, I get that. Um and they would also say, look, it's responsibility of the local unions to um, to grow the rugby in those areas. It's responsibility of the Super Rugby franchises to grow. The problem that, that the Super Rugby franchises and the local unions have is that, um, especially on the digital media thing, now I've not seen this and I'd love to see it, but from what I understand is there are some very, very strict rules handed down by Rugby New Zealand at them. And they're basically playing with one hand tied behind the back as to what they're allowed to try and do on social media. Um, now, also... They are very small organisations, okay? Um, the Chiefs have, I think it's one um, digital person, uh, the, um, and she's supposed to be an expert across all the platforms, i.e. videography, writing, um, f- uh, photography, graphics. Uh, she's supposed to know the different, so she's able to handle six, five or six different social media platforms. Look, one person can't do it. Now, but to run an organisation for basically five months of the year, how do you run a professional, a large professional organization for five months of the year and then have nothing for them to do for six months of the year? Um, or, or maybe six and six. If you think about it, they come to go, they run through to about June. They start in maybe December. So maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's nearly seven months' work. The other five months, what are they doing? They don't have, there's, there's no rugby, there's no, the, all the players disappear off to either the All Blacks or the provinces, and suddenly these people just don't have a job, really. Um, so anyway. Look, I mean, just just to to finish that off, you know, I mean, the problem is their catchment pool is actually getting smaller. They don't realise it, but their catchment pool is getting smaller. Um, when when somebody made a comment on social media, Twitter, probably talking about, oh, why do we why do we have this big sort of halo over first fifteen Auckland first fifteen rugby when you know when you look at the under twenty squad, how many of those kids come from there? Forget a, again. You're focusing on a a, um, a premium bunch in the under twenties, uh, all black under twenties. What the key is, have a look at how many players from the Auckland First Fifteen competition are playing in Mitre Ten. How many players from the Auckland First Fifteen are playing in Super Rugby? 
How many players from Auckland First 15 are playing in the NRL in Australia? Right? And when you realise that those player numbers are diving, then you come to the realisation your player base is diminishing of where you're getting your premium players. Because they're going... You, my brother and I were just talking about this in the stands last week at um, the, the game, the Blues Crusaders game. Where's the locks coming from in this country? Well, because Pari Pari Parkinson and Quinton Strange are basically it in terms of the latest that we've seen coming through. They're not coming through because they're tall guys and they're going to play basketball, especially the guys that you want, which have got ball skills and they're tall guys. So it's just like, honestly, it's just... Yeah, I'm at the stage of pulling hair out because these guys at the NZRFU are yeah, um, I need to mental. pull out. It's all gone. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, look at I mean, So the, there's, there's definitely a lock problem because, look, I mean, Tom Robinson, who is playing um, a lock for Auckland, is not a lock. He's a, he's a six. Um, Allardyce, again, a better eight. Sorry, not Allardyce. Um, Tyler Ardron, a better eight. And he's Canadian as well. Then he is a lock, playing a lock for um, the Chiefs. Uh, you head down to... Um, uh, the the Highlanders and oh, what's the guy with the big, not Perry, um, uh, yeah, Perry Perry Parkinson. He, oh, he's, he's, Perry, yeah, he's more six yep. than 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 a. Uh, no, no, he's a lock. No, no, so? Perry Perry Parkinson's a lock. Yeah, he's a lock. Oh, so yep. Perry Perry is, is um no, uh, who's the guy that moved from the Chiefs to the Highlanders? Plays for Taranaki. Looks like the cartoon character. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, names escape me too. Sorry. Um, but, right, but he he's a six. He was playing lock for the for the, for the Highlanders at the weekend. Um, you've, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of sixes stepping in and filling. Um, fill, Jesse filling Who, sorry? Jesse Parity? Just Jesse Parity, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, so look, there's a lot of sixes currently stepping in and filling in for locks in at uh, Super Rugby level. It's going to be even worse at um, at, at minor ten. And it's and the issue isn't actually at lineout time, because the thing is that with lifting you can actually get over short lineouts. Yeah. Um, you know because they're easier to lift. In fact. The issue is at scrum time. The issue is at ball carrying time when you have to bash it up. And the classic example, you've, you've mentioned him a few times on our show tonight, and R.G. Snyman, hmm. you know, you don't want to lift that guy in a line-out, to be honest, <laughs> right? But where his weight and gold is in the scrum, and yep. basically when he's taking the ball up, when, you know, you need the hard yards, you're going backwards, you give it to someone with bulk and size and grunt, and they take it forward for you. So the other, the, the, the second one here that about the that, that happened today, um, and you noticed it, I noticed it, um, other people noticed it, but I, I put a tweet out. Um, so two degrees decided they would send an email out today, um, saying Super Rugby is kicking off. What do you mean kicking off? You You better explain who two degrees are. Oh, because not everybody will know. <laughs> they're my mobile phone, Cell phone provider. Company. Cell phone company. They also do a bit of uh, a bit of broadband and other stuff like that. Um, but they basically, but they sponsor all of the Super Rugby franchises in New Zealand. Um, and um, as you can see, he says reaching for his jersey. I think it's, they're on. Oh, it's not. I've got a I've got a sponsor free. An old one. No, this is this is last season's one, so it should have had. They, um, generally, on the side, about thereish on a jersey, is you'll see a two degrees if you're watching Super Rugby. Um, anyway. Um, they're not the replica jerseys. Interesting. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's three weeks into Super Rugby and they decide to send out an email saying, hey, Super Rugby's kicking off. Yes, it might have been two years ago, but not this year. Um, so, yes, they, when, you, when you're major sponsors, and look, they're a major sponsor. They're one of the, they're, they're, they're a big corporate, as far as New Zealand goes, okay? And that's what New Zealand doesn't do big corporates, really. Um, but there is, corp, they're, they're, they're kind of a corporate here, Um and it, that's just Mickey Mouse. I'm sorry. I did offer them on Twitter that I could help them out with their tweeting um, about Super Rugby. Um, so far, they've done one tweet this year about Super Rugby, and that was to get free tickets to the Blues Chiefs game. But the crazy thing about that is that these companies are investing. Again, I just <sighs> take a breath. breath. <laughs> these companies are paying money to be to sponsor to get exposure for their brand etc but they're not leveraging the opportunities that they have and then when people like yourself and you know you won't say it but this is like you know people like yourself that can go along and assist to leverage the brand in a positive way because you'll only do it positive stories <laughs> is 
you know, they, they, they don't get it. And it's just like they, they've got young millennials. Sorry, I'm an okay boomer. I'm not really a boomer, but I'll say okay boomer. You get young, young millennials that know what every the whole world, know everything about the world. And that, this is what we need to do, and this is what we need to do. And it's just like, no, well, okay. it's not the, what you the, need the, to the do. It's exposure they, okay. is what let you need to do. Let me bro- bro- break down the, the, the corporate reasons to why what, what the problem is. You've got a, a, a department called sponsorship who deal with sponsorship. You've got a separate department um, within marketing, so obviously really marketing, called social media. You can handle social media and do a lot of uh, customer service as well over that social media. Now, the sponsorship guys go, oh, you've not got the manpower or the skills, we don't think. We're going to hire our own agency who do know how to do social media marketing and are experts at this to do it for us. So the people who handle the two degrees um, accounts basically have are not allowed to tweet out about Super Rugby or post on Facebook about Super Rugby unless it's come from this agency. Uh, now, what's an agency going to do? They're going to say, okay, what do you want to achieve? Here are the KPIs. And then they're going to try and meet those KPIs in as simple um, and as low risk a way as possible. Okay, that's basically what they do. So you've got a brand like Two Degrees that's supposed to be a fun, doing things fair, a fun brand because, hey, it's about mobile phones. Mobile phones are fun things. But they're not going to do fun things because they've, got, they've, they've hired an ad agency who will do very safe things to just achieve those KPIs that they've been told to achieve. Um, and as you say, that means they won't take any risks, which means they won't um, actually achieve what's best for it. And hence, because they go outside of it, they, they, they can't. And so hence, they won't come to me because that agency doesn't want what wants to keep all the cash for itself. They have a budget and that's where the profit wants to go. The last thing they want to do is to higher influencers hate the term but um that, that's what i would come under um to help them out with that kind of stuff so that's why that, that's why that, that, that's why we end up in this situation it's because of outsourcing essentially um but um so yeah it, it's just a mess and it, it's not about necessarily about millennials or whatever but it's, it's about corporate structure that's a joke but yeah it, what it needs is somebody higher up to go hang on i get it and actually, I'm 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 senior enough. I just go do this, do that, and do the other. Go away, because that's how you get stuff done in corporates. You you, you go up you up the ladder until you find someone who's senior enough just to go. I know what the rules are. I know what the processes are. I'm sorry, folks, but that doesn't make sense. Do it this way. But will they get high enough up? I don't know. I don't know if I can, I, I I don't know who who that person is uh, at two degrees. Um, I am DMing two degrees, trying to persuade them with things like pointing out. They didn't use the right hashtags on the one tweet they did. They didn't. Um, they didn't put Eden Park um, Twitter account in there who would have retweeted the tweet for them. This sort yeah. of stuff that is basic social media marketing skills, they just didn't do because what they did was they took their Facebook message and copied and pasted it and put it in Twitter. And different platforms work in different ways. There's been one person that I've come across. That's done social media, like in terms of our rugby circles we're talking here, um, nailed it, basically. Um, and as a chap, unfortunately, I think he might be a, a, a fellow Englishman, but James Rigby, who was at the Blues some years ago now, and um, he absolutely nailed it when he was doing it. Um, he ran, held competitions to get the engagement with the fans on Twitter, um, so people were coming back all the time. The, he, he, um, he set it up so that you got, um, you became a, you know, a top fan. Who was going to be the top fan this week by, by retweeting, posting, all that sort of thing? So it became a competition within the fan group to post as much as you could. Um, so you could be that top fan. Um, that's how I scored my free jersey. <laughs> <laughs> look, a free jersey for them is peanuts. Let's peanuts. Um, I did an interview with, uh, no, I'm going to go there. Um, but some, and you've outsourced. Basically, all of that content creation for, for to, to some people who are doing it for you for free, because they are fans. They 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 want to they want to say positive things about you. Um, they want to help you spread the word. But anyway, um, the wind it back um, a few more minutes. Let's just do two more things. Then one privatization of uh, Super Rugby franchises. Would it work? Well, they sort of like okay. So the New Zealand franchises, obviously, there's a couple that have been brought back into the fold. Blues being one of them, um, 
you, you've got, but um, I, I don't okay, know. So the, the, I assume problem, that the others are still basically have been sold off to a 49% stake. That's the thing, isn't it? Okay, so non-controlling stake. So how about going yep. for a controlling stake? 100%. Yeah, look, that would, would, that would, I think they need to go there, tell you the truth. You think they need to go there? Um, so I, reckon I think so. The, the reckon it wouldn't work. There's not enough rich people in New Zealand. Um, now, let's be honest. Uh, only one team in uh, the Gallagher Premiership makes a profit. All the rest make a loss. Um, hence, they have rich people who own them and are happy to lose money each year because, hey, they enjoy owning a rugby club. Um, the French League, um, Bougelard decided that as a, uh, as a multi-millionaire, um, he wasn't rich enough to run and lose money on Toulon anymore, so he had to get a, uh, a guy who had, um, so he, he was seven figures rich, he had to go to eight figures rich, i.e. just below a billionaire, um, to, and he sold it to the him, uh, because that guy was rich enough to basically lose money at Toulon. So it gives you an idea that in France, they lose money too, um, even with their big TV contracts. So look, I think there is definitely an element here, yeah, there is not the private money in New Zealand to be losing money hand over fist. Uh, running these things. They do not make a profit for a couple of reasons, one of which is they have to play in council and stadiums and have no control over the stadium, um, which gives them all sorts of problems and issues. Um, so no, Nothing stops them building one, though. Doesn't. That's very true. Um, have, you seen, have you seen how long they've been trying to build one on the, on, the, um, on the waterfront in Auckland? Um, so, the, um, so, yeah, so that's... So, basically... Well, uh, just to back that up a yeah. bit... Um, Private ownership of rugby clubs or, you know, super rugby clubs in, in New Zealand can work um, because if, if you look at, like, the NRL, basically, you know, they've got private ownership clubs within there that you, you don't you don't make money, but you don't lose huge amounts of money. So it is a hobby. Yeah. Is it a hobby? There's no doubt it's a hobby, but then you can do that. But if you get someone like, you know, if, if you if, – let's take the Blues. Let's just use the Blues as an example because you've got the – because it works because of the waterfront stadium scenario. If you get somebody <laughs> comes along and buys the blues and then he gets together with some other mates and says, let's build this waterfront stadium and I'll bring the, and the blues will play there. Right now you've got an anchor team for want of a term. That stadium's not just going to have the blues playing. There. They're going to have Con Elton John having his three concert when his throat's working, um, you know, doing his concerts. They, they'll, they'll probably talk to, the, say, no, like no, the no, Warriors no, no. or the Phoenix to come Elton, along and play there as well. we wish you the best. We know you watch the show. Please get well soon. <laughs> but you, you see how a dynamic like that could work mm -hmm. if if there was a privatisation around someone like the Blues. Um, you've already got privatisation around other sports codes um, and teams in Auckland, and you could sort of create a stadium and then they'd come there and work together, and you'd have other events going, and you could make it work. So we're talking about teams like the Tuatara, who are the baseball team, the Breakers, who are the basketball team, those sort of teams, um, by the way. Yep. Just for, just and then the Warriors, who we don't want to talk about, because we're a rugby show, not a league show. Um, so, yeah, so maybe it could work, but, yeah, that's, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Final question then, guys, what would happen if New Zealand lost the Bledisloe Cup this year? Would Ian Foster be gone? Uh, yes, he would very quickly. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, you know, here's the th no. Two years, I give them two years. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think if they lost the Bledisloe this year, there would be a lot of angst, huge amount of angst. But I suspect that they, he would get next year to regain it, um, Actually, and then yeah, that wouldn't happen, fair, and then I, he'd be gone. I, there, there would be there would be a certain there would be a certain size of, as, as long as the All Blacks didn't play too badly, there would be a certain element within New Zealand that would have gone. Thankfully, at last, it's a competition. It's not the same thing every year. If they lose it two years on the trot, well, then stuff will be hitting the fan. But I think there will be, a, I think there'll be a fair, a fairly large audience, a fairly large group in New Zealand. Now, not all of them. Don't get me wrong. There'll be, a, there'll be definitely a, a chunk saying kill Foster. Um, never mind, oh. sack him. Um, but there'd be, a bit, there would be a sizable chunk who would go. Thankfully, at last, we've got a competition. This means something. It hasn't meant anything for the past decade. Well, I, I I still think that large large proportion of um, fans will go, oh yay, it's a competition. Let's sack Foster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I I'm pretty confident that that would be the case. Yeah, the, the, they wouldn't be angry with the players, is what I mean. I don't think. Uh, I, th I yep. think actually, New Zealand fans, the All Black fans, wouldn't mind losing the Blazers, um, to be honest. 
just not at Eden Park. The um, well, it's not being played at Eden Park. That's so fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Simon makes the point that the two Tara have got a bunch of money from Asian backers, and the Breakers have got a bunch of money from American backers. So yeah, so it's it's overseas money as well. Um, it'd be interesting to see what uh, how keen the Breakers respond. are. Sorry. This this year is the first year that the American syndicate has owned the Breakers. Before okay. that, it was a New Zealand owner. So he's built, Auckland up, owner. he's built it up to something that, that is viable and then sold it and then got other investors. Oh, well done to him. Um, cool. Well, hey, we've, we've overrun slightly, but hey, we don't mind. Um, I'm off to have port and cheese. What's, what, what's the rest of your evening look, looking like, Arsha? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> um, so, folks, remember, 8 p.m. every Tuesday we're here. I'm also here on 8 p.m. on a Monday and a Thursday with Super Rugby previews and reviews uh, the other way around. Um, don't forget, Bell... Uh, subscribe bell below. Um, also, head of drivermore.com, predictions for Super Rugby, the Six Nations, the, the Pro 14, the Top 14, the Gallagher Premiership, um, Major Rugby isn't up yet. That will be up within, well, tomorrow. So that's all there, available at drivermore.com. So go check that out. You can support the channel over there. You can buy me a coffee um, over on the right-hand side of any article, $5 New Zealand. That'd be very nice. I like coffee. It keeps me awake. Um, or you can become a supporter of the, of, of, of the um, channel for only a dollar a month or more, if you like. One guy gives me $50 a month. I like him a lot. He's my bestest friend ever. Um, so if you want to be my bestest friend ever, you know what to do. Um, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ashwin. How are you doing? You, you seem to be passing out. Good guess. Good night. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>